The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Last year saw 994 sentences handed down that were three months or less in duration. Now that's a 43% increase from 2019 and it's a 116% increase from 2017. Critics argue that these sentences hinder rehabilitation and they suggest that alternative community-based sanctions might reduce recidivism. So we're asking, does the penal system actually work? And if not, what does? To discuss it, I'm joined by criminologist and former prison officer John Cuff and Professor of Equality Studies Emeritus, uh, University College Dublin, member of the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission, Kathleen Lynch. Kathleen, can I start with you on that thing of, of whether or not sentences of this nature work? Because obviously there's a, a, a tripartite aim in, a, in um, prison sentences. One is to punish, one is to deter others, and one is to, to rehabilitate and, and uh, reduce the likelihood of reoffense, particularly to the latter. Do sentences of that kind of range work? Well, unfortunately, they don't. And I suppose there has been a major national longitudinal study in the Netherlands. We haven't done it here. shows that community service type sanctions are more effective than short sentences, particularly if they're combined with employment, education, training and community and family support services. So it isn't so much the sentences. It's what people are sentenced for as well. Let's remember a lot of those sentences are for things like driving and road traffic offences. I don't know how effective they are in that regard particularly, but others are for very minor things. And remember, I suppose, again, that a lot of those very minor offences are committed by people on the street, for want of a better word. People are homeless. About 20% of people in prison are homeless on and off. So uh, they often don't turn up in court. They are drunk and disorderly. They're very minor offences that cause people to get minor prison sentences. So the issue really, I suppose, at the national level is how do we create an infrastructure of services that mean we don't put people in prison at all, that there are support services? And I have to go back, I, to be honest with you, to, you know, people don't become addicted. We, I'm sure you read that in the report there, that 85% of women who are in prison, 85% of them have addiction issues and 65% of men. And about a quarter of people have a, some kind of mental health issue and mental health illness in some cases. So we have all these people whom we put in prison, uh, which traditionally we didn't put in prison, but we do now. So we have massive amount of people in prison who really we can't help when they're there. And the reason why they're there are often not big offences because they do get significant sentences for major offences. But people who have all kinds of mental health, also intellectual disabilities, that's something that isn't discussed. Uh, the neurodiverse people, people who actually have a lot of other problems. Sometimes they have multiple problems. So instead of having local community services, which prevent people going to prison in the first place, let me say, apart from having services and keeping people out of prison when they commit some minor offence, we don't have those prevention services. And I suppose this morning before I went on air, I was reading the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service report for 
we don't often, people don't become drug addicts. People don't become alcohol abusers. People don't become mentally disturbed overnight. Um, most mental illnesses occur very young. Three quarters are identified at the age of 24. And like we don't, and even from the CAMS report, this recent one for the Mental Health Commission, we know that <coughs> those services aren't there. So well, we don't what pick then, up Kathleen, though? What about the, the the victims in all of this? Because yeah, I agree with you, but you see, the victim wouldn't be as big a victim, nor indeed if we had services. And I think what I'd say, Patty, is Ireland has a terrible tendency to incarcerate. We have a long history of it. The Magdalene Laundries, I said, the women's prisons. I'm not saying blaming the prison officers, by the way, now, or the prisons. Prisons have to do whatever job they're given by the state. But what I'm trying to say is that we have a long history of putting people into institutions. We put women institutions. We put older people institutions. Now, remember, we won't provide often the local community services and home health that they need so that they can stay at home. But often what we will do is spend an absolute fortune keeping them in institutions. So I think that that is a big issue that Ireland has to address. Okay, well, I asked at the outset about the the sort of tripartite thing with rehabilitation being the the prime question I had. What about the other element of it, which is the punitive element? Because surely there is an element of prison where if you say somebody has committed a crime, albeit maybe they have addiction issues, whatever else, but if, if you are the person whose granny has been mugged by somebody with an addiction issue, you may feel sorry for them that they suffer with addiction. You would nonetheless like to see them punished. Is there merit in that? Not always. Not always. People, that's very, you're not quite right, Pat. A lot of people haven't got, and thankfully that's one good thing about Ireland, people don't have a sense of, that's, they don't for their serious crime. But often what they want is that person taken away so they don't do this again. And what I'm trying to say is, if somebody has no services, you know, if somebody has an addiction, what do they do in prison? We don't have good forensic services. They're not properly resourced in prison mental health services. Neither are addiction services. I don't think, I, I have, I, I don't know if you're a researcher, I told you, I'm very familiar because I know a number of people who've been homeless, who've been in and out of prison, and I've been in all the major prisons. And if you were for what they call a, a protective prisoner, and the prison officers on with me will know this, you're often uh, on protection, and you are kept often on your landing or locked up a lot of the day. There is no rehabilitation because for fear of you mixing with other prisoners, you're too vulnerable, you have no services. And that is a major problem. We can't rehabilitate people when there are no services. Okay, well, hang on for one second, Kathleen, because you mentioned the, the, the prison officer, who former, of course, former prison officer who is on with you, that being John Cuff, criminologist and uh, formerly prison officer. John, the, the point that Kathleen is making there, is that something that you would agree with? The experience of prison for the relatively minor offend, uh, offender, how useful is it in terms of both rehabilitation and deterrent for future crime? Yeah, Pat, I'm on the same page as Kathleen. Uh, everything she said, you couldn't disagree with it. I mean, there's probably small nuances. You, you touched on a point, the victim, the person outside, they have to get some satisfaction, and that is correct. But we jail far too many people. We've looked at the Nordic system. The system, Kathleen touched on the thing there, the system we followed was the British system. We picked up quite a lot of that. If you go into the courts today, a lot of the old acts pertaining to the drink laws and all that, date back to that. Our policing system copied the British system and all that. We could have copied the Nordic system, and I'm just looking at figures here in front of me. They have a 20% recidivism there. They're currently the same size as us, and they have 3,000 prisoners. They have 
um, something like 43 prisoners, but smaller numbers. The whole thing there is that uh, you just lo- lose your liberty, but you're allowed to work. You come into jail on the weekends, that type of stuff. So their numbers are very small. Our numbers for recidivism is 62%. We, we jail far too many people. And there's a headline figure, Pat, of 4,500, I think, is in prison at the moment. But the, the, the real figure is actually over 7,000 comes into jail every single year. Now, a lot of them get bail, a lot of them are released, this, that, and the other. And back around 2012, we were, we were locking up 14,000 people coming in and out of the system. So we've been down this road before. John O'Donoghue in 97 virtually won a, an election for Fianna Fáil on uh, zero tolerance. Nothing has changed. So we, we, we have to change. We have to look at prevention, policing, proper policing, community policing, policing, smart policing, policing back on the ground will eliminate quite a lot of those crimes. It's to keep people out of jail. Um, now, just on easy, that then, John, uh, sorry, John, just, just so I'm clear. Obviously, one element of it is the kind of community action that prevents the crime from occurring in the first place. But let's take it from the yes. point at which the crime has occurred. Would you also yes. be of the view that a punitive custodial sentence is not the answer for relatively minor public order offences, for um, assaults, for relatively minor shoplifting? Yeah, Pat, we have to separate that out. So if somebody is murdered, raped, mugged and all that type of thing, nobody's going to disagree that jail is, is, is the proper thing there. Putting people in for, we say, robbing stores, stuff like that and all, there are alternatives. You can find them. For example, a relation of mine works in California, had $800 worth of stuff taken from the car. The guy is brought before the courts. He had to pay $50 every week into the courthouse. There's a, a number set up there. Her banking number was there, and that was paid onto her, and... When her eight hundred dollars was totaled up over X amount of months, she was satisfied, and the system wasn't burned. I'm not comparing the American system; it's actually a very broken system out there. But that was one one element of it. So we need to stop uh, putting somebody in jail for three months. is not going to change a single thing. They're going to come back out. They're going to come back in again. We're caught on this cycle, 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 cycle. Pick up a newspaper and you look at the front of the papers. You would think that there's crime seeping out of it. I, 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 tutored in Maynooth University and kind of one of the fun things I would do with the students was I'd say, on your way into work, on your way into class today, what did you see that upset you? Going home tonight. And we would revisit that. We're, we're not as crime-ridden as a lot of the media would suggest that we are, you know. Um, there's a kind of a moral panic at the time. We're the seventh safest country in Europe. Um, we rank behind... Um, Switzerland, Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Luxembourg, Finland, and then we come next. So we need to put this into proportion. We need to, we could do a hell of a lot with jails. We could do make them jail less people. Uh, Cathy mentioned the mental health. When they close down all the mental uh, hospitals throughout the country, we institutionalised so many people. It was the prisons that picked up on it. There were 700 people incarcerated in Ireland in 1970, and that was 4,500 plus. So... I came across people in prison that shouldn't have been in prison. They should have been in a psychiatric hospital. And we weren't trained to deal with them, but we were very humane and all that. But that's not resolving their problem. Okay. Take it on top of that, that you have somebody doing three months, six months. They can be quite bold. They don't give a damn. They know they're going back out again. You know, so that's how it goes, Pat. It's an imperfect system. Okay, this, this is not something, I mean, the, the, the notion that we should do something other than simply imprison is not something that is being said here for the very first time. It's, it is, uh, the, the level of recidivism has long been recognised as an issue. Kathleen Lynch, why is it, if it has been recognised as an issue, and if the inefficacy of the prison system is relatively well known, why has it not changed? 
Well, it's a bit like mental health. There are no votes in it, I think. I hate to say that. It sounds cynical, but it's true. And I think a lot of people, I was greatly listening to John there, like they don't know the inside of prisons. They don't know how boring it is. I mean, being locked up in a room, which is very small all day most of the time, isn't good for your mental health. Never mind if you never had a mental health issue in the first place. It, and I do think this is a political decision. And I don't want to criticize that. Because out a number of reports and everything, but there is really time to act. It's no use talking about we need to invest in a proper national plan for uh, communities, uh, sanctions, policing, but also community services that stop people, health family resource centres. You know, we don't have local services. A child who has a mental health issue at the moment will wait in many places for over a year to be seen. How do you think, and in poor, and it's evidence against from the CAMS report, that in poorer areas where we recruit most people for prison, that is most likely to happen. And so I think that too many services in Ireland are based on what I say, if you can pay, you can get a service. If you can't pay, you don't. And I always say this about, because I've seen it, as many people in this country have in their own families where there's addiction. It's so well off. You can get your six weeks treatment paid for by your health insurance if you're addicted. You and, and you pay for it. If you're very poor and you're addicted and you're living in poverty somewhere, there is nothing for you often. There are no services. And I think that that has to be brought home to the government. We must invest in communities. I don't know if John, I missed what John was saying, but we know it costs 80,000 a year to keep someone in prison. It's absolutely mad to have 4,500 people. And even the government's own report, and I have it in front of me, recommended in 2018 that we should reduce the prison population by half and have community-based sanctioned services and support things. So I don't think it's rocket science, you know what I mean? It's about having a national plan. Well, we do need an action plan. In fact, I often think there should be. It's a shame in our prison, For example, most women who are in prison experience physical abuse, sexual abuse and violence. And then when we imprison them, we hurt their children. Their children are left without a mother often because most of this, it's only a small number, but they shouldn't be in prison. Okay. They should have community health services. Kathleen, thank you very much. That is Kathleen Lynch, who is Professor of Equality Studies Emeritus University College Dublin and member, of course, of the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission. And before Kathleen, John Cuff was speaking, John being criminologist and former prison officer. Tech. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.